0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Security Insider podcast. And my guest today is Marie Patane. Marie is the Executive Director Enterprise Security with Sydney Metro. She also happens to be the 2023 winner of the Australian Outstanding Performance Award for Outstanding Security Team, winner of Australia's Most Outstanding Woman in Protective Security, and winner of Australia's OSPA for outstanding security director. Marie, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you very much.
0: That's uh that's a lot of awards. You seem to have been busy.
1: Uh yes, that would be correct. Um look, I have an amazing team who always think they can surprise me by putting me up for more awards, which is really humbling. Uh but it's also it's it's a great honor.
0: Fantastic. Now can you tell us a little bit, begin by outlining for those listening a little bit about your role with uh, Sydney Metro?
1: Look, my role is, it was the startup role, so it was Greenfield and it was to build a security function um, and it was perceived as sec- a, a converged security function because it entailed the cyber operating technology or cyber OT component within it. Uh, something I hadn't had a great deal of experience in, and never pretended to. Uh, now it is a full converged security function, um, and in three years has gone from zero personnel to thirty, and we're incredibly busy. I'm sure not, I'm not sure that thirty is even enough, but we've embedded security from the embryonic stage of a project life cycle, right through to handover for operational readiness to our outsource providers. So it's a lot of involvement from design, right through to artwork design, through to tunneling, uh, construction partners, and then obviously all the cyber elements that go with that. And then once it goes over into operational readiness, um, then we hand that over.
0: Now, when you say converged security, Give me a snapshot of of what that actually means in the context of what you do.
1: Well, it's really simple, actually. People get very confused by it. What is converged security? Converged security is cyber and non-cyber security related matters. So it's not just protective security in the guarding space or it's not just singular to cyber. It's everything from insider threat through to um, data protection through to privacy um, and and CCTV on stations and design elements security engineering so it really brings it all together under one function.
0: And why have you chosen or, or why has the the team opted for that converged model?
1: Uh, there's a couple of elements in that I think it was more they didn't realize what they needed and so the function has just sort of grown. Um, by itself uh, but it's a great way for us to show that full overview of security one holistic spot so I don't believe there is anything maybe other than some fights on stations that doesn't now have a cyber link to it so if you think about you know insider threat or sending out data incorrectly or access to doors building control management systems, CCTV all have a cyber lens through them now, so it makes sense to put it as a converged function as one so that when you're scenario building you're actually seeing it from start to finish on all the different types of threats you could actually have.
0: Yeah it's interesting because traditionally in security we've had a very siloed approach to security where it's been you know physical security over here cyber security over there even in some areas you know risk and resilience and business continuity completely separated yet again and all the rest of it I mean do you do you think it's possible for a security department to still effectively operate with that siloed approach or do you think everyone really should be looking at more of a converged approach
1: Look uh, in our organization all other areas are are separated we're the only one that is converged um and yes they function absolutely fine and i really think it comes down to that relationship of how they work with their teams and obviously all roads lead to an incident and crisis management space so as long as the processes all get you there absolutely it can still function i think though from our perspective or certainly from my own personal perspective a converged model is just the way of the future. It's the way in which to really provide a security element to your board or to your directors with a one-stop shop of providing them that detail, of being transformational, of giving your teams an opportunity to grow in different pathways. It's it's really better outcome from my perspective when you can say, well, I can talk to you about the protective and physical elements that are a threat here but also provide you with cyber threats that will also input on that project or on that piece of asset that you're looking after.
0: Traditionally, with a more siloed approach, that tends to organically occur because the director of security will come from a physical security background and the director of cybersecurity will come from a cybersecurity background. Given that you have such a broad portfolio within your security department, how do you manage that?
1: Look, within my team, I have... defined areas there's three primary defined areas and we have security governance so building all of the governance documentation that sits over both cyber and non-cyber then we have our defined project space which looks after all of the non-cyber type of security elements and then there's the cyber security realm um that looks after all of cyber and this and the SOC. so we have a, a security operations center as well that functions as well so It's defined within my team, but they all work together as a leadership team and they work very closely as required on depending on what the situation is.
0: And do you find that having such a a qualified and expert team helps you sort of QA a lot of those areas? Because, you know, I'm only talking from my own perspective. That's a lot of information to try and oversee and manage and sit on top of at any one given point in time
1: absolutely but we are also let me be really clear uh, maybe i wasn't clear at the beginning we are in my function today um we are a, a governance and assurance function so the problem is we are still building the governance but you can't assure what isn't built but once that's all embedded then we are a governance and assurance function only so the operationalization of some of what we govern is handed over to whoever the respective business units are. So, as an example, the governance and assurance over our cyber IT is handed over to our IT department. And then we assure, based on the governance we provide them, that they're working to that standard.
0: Right. So, you're basically the department that holds them accountable to the standards and the procedures.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Right. Now, you've had a rather unusual journey to this position. Yes. Can you... You know, and I find this inspirational because I think it it helps people understand that there are a multitude of pathways into the security industry, and they're not all traditional. And that this is something that is within the realm of pretty much anyone who may choose to pursue it. Can you tell us a little bit about your your journey? From the very beginning. Yeah.
1: Okay. So my career started as a makeup artist. Yep. Um, and it was fabulous, and I loved it. Um, and I was working on film sets did lots of weddings all that sort of stuff and it was great Um, I then moved into an office type role and my first sort of management role was in the realm of HR so I worked um, in human resources and I certainly did some amazing jobs in that space I got to work in the 2000 Olympic Games and it was was a great experience from there I, I looked at Changing into something a little bit different. So I went into change management. Um, But before change management was really even a thing, which was fabulous. And so I got to work in that space. From that perspective, I remember at the end of my change management role, someone said to me, Oh, you'd be really good at emergency response. And I thought, I have no idea what that is. give that a go so i moved into that and i ended up from there evolving into more business resilience so crisis management um, operational contingency planning um, and business continuity and really developed my career in that and i loved it and it was fantastic um and from there i was offered a role to instill a new resilience framework over an organization that had multiple operating um locations and and a number of actual assets as well that it needed to sit across like boats and planes etc and it became very evident to me that these properties all managed independently and so their security elements and safety elements didn't have a consistent approach to go up into a resilience framework so the safety aspect i could navigate but the security one i really struggled with to be honest and so i raised that up through the chain saying i can't build a consistent framework over something that is fragmented below. And in that meeting, they said, congratulations, we've now got group security. Right. So I'm like, okay, great. And this was a 24-7 operation across multiple sites in Australia um, that had every type of security incident you could possibly think of going on. Um, so it was a bit of a baptism of fire like most of my roles have been um, and I grew into that role and learned a lot about security very quickly and then put the resilience layer over the top of that as well and got that done and, and finished and now I am where I am with the new cyber element as the new tack-on so yeah it's it's a great experience and I'm someone who never takes a challenge lightly I say well if it's presented, take it. There is no failure because everything's a lesson. And trust me, I've had some massive, what I would consider, failures, but they're not. They've all been lessons that have gotten to where I am today.
0: So the moral of the story is always say yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, if it, you know, give it a go. I mean, I've had some cracker jobs where I, I didn't last very long because I couldn't stand them or I hated them. But I learned from them. Yep. You know, and I think, okay, I gave it a go, I gave it like six, nine months. Yeah, this is not for me, move on to the next one. But if it's something that is continually challenging, then stay there and learn and grow as much as you can. So I tried really hard not to change roles for more than like three years, because at least then you've really fully embedded it and ingrained into it and grown within it. Yeah, uh, and then move on to the next step
0: now. How have you approached each of those roles, though? Because, I mean, there's been a wide variety of of different roles in there. And traditionally, someone might obtain, you know, a a bachelor's in risk management or a bachelor's in security science or a bachelor's in, you know, change management or an MBA if they're going to do change management. I don't imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you have spent your life in university pursuing one academic pursuit after the other. So, how have you approached this?
1: Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, uh, Look, I started with a Bachelor of Business, majored in HR at the very beginning. um, and And then I did a small residential course around change management with AGSM um and then i think one of the best things i did was a diploma in project management as well and i think that sets you up for just about tackling anything when you have project management skills even moving house becomes a project and you can really build through all of that the rest of, has honestly been on the job experience um and it's just learning from others mentors i really really can't recommend having a good coach or mentor um one that will debate you and challenge you and actually call you out um, because I think that's what it's all about, not just giving you advice. There have to be someone who can see through you um, and I think that that certainly has helped me enormously in my career.
0: Yeah, so tell me a little bit about your mentors because there's two aspects to this. This is something that, A, I don't think we do enough of and we don't do it well in the security industry and it also brings in a second element which is, you know, in what has been a largely male-dominated industry, I think it's important to have more female mentors because you can't be what you can't see, according to the old adage. Um, so I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with the second one. I think a good mentor is a good mentor, but I think there is the aspirational aspect to it that's important. So can you tell me a little bit about, you know, some of the, the more important aspects of mentoring and, and what you're now doing? Well,
1: I've got um I've got one mentor at the moment at the moment, and we have a rigorous schedule around what we're meeting against, so I have to actually send through what I want to discuss up front and my thoughts on the matter. So whatever, if I'm having problems or if I'm thinking around, I don't know if I should go down this direction with this type of work. And obviously they're in the industry as well. Um, and I use them more as someone, like a bit of a devil's advocate. Can you see it any differently? Can you, you know, am I too knee deep or too emotionally invested in it now to really see it any other way. And or even at times where I'm, you know, I'm ready to pull my hair out because something things aren't going well or I'm feeling frazzled about all the all of the changes that are going on, just to sort of vent to them. And then they sort of say, well, you know, that's enough. Move on. Let's move on. We I've heard you. I understand. Now let's look at the next thing that we need to address and let's break it down a little bit more. And let's chunk it down into sizable chunks so that it doesn't seem as overwhelming as it is. Um, so I, I don't think people use mentors enough. I think they just go there and think that they're just going to sit and have a chat all the time. There is an element of that. But I think if you're really strategic around how you're using your mentors, you'll actually learn and grow from them. They're more like an educator, but an educator that knows you and an educator that understands your, your weaknesses as well. Um, and, and I think that's what my mentor does very well with me.
0: Yeah. I think there's a really important lesson there because in any sort of innovation, one of the biggest challenges that people often run into is not seeking external input. We come up with an idea, we discuss it with our team, we all get excited about it, and then before you know it, you've charged off down the road and spent however much time and money on something that may not necessarily be what it is that the customer is looking for, whether it actually be your Physical real world customers, or the customer might even simply be the organization that your department represents. Um, And you know, there's a common saying in filmmaking and whatnot where you know we put a lot of time and effort and energy into a particular scene, and then when you look back at the entire movie, that scene doesn't work the way you want it to. And that scene you've put so much time and effort into it, it's kind of become your baby. And it's a horrible saying, but you know, you have to be prepared to kill your babies. you know, I imagine it's the same with projects within the security space. Sometimes you need that external mentor to be able to look at what you're doing and go, why? Why are you doing that?
1: Correct. Or have you considered doing it this way? What about tapping into research from here? Or what about tapping into a provider from there? And why are you trying to do everything in-house? Like, broaden your mindset. Don't take on additional responsibility. Like, these are all the things that They certainly throw at me all the time because if you're constantly looking for the next thing that's transformational for your team and how to grow your team or your own portfolio, then they're very good at pulling it back into line and saying, well, maybe explore it down this channel. I agree with you, you need it, but perhaps look at it from a different perspective.
0: Now, you've obviously been given the number of awards that you've received, extremely successful in building a security team and in working as an executive director of a security team. What advice, you know, and advice is a strong word, but what advice would you offer to other security managers with regard to mentoring? Because I think this is something that senior level security people in this industry really need to be doing more of.
1: You uh, well, there's that's a twofolded question. For those that think, do I really need a mentor? Yes, you do at every level of the of, of the organisation, regardless of where you sit. Whether you are a lower level staff member that wants a career in security to build themselves up, you absolutely do need one. And even if you're a senior level, don't become so insular. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to describe it because. It's really easy when you get to the top of your career to say, "I've made it. I don't really need any more advice." And I think at that point you become so insular that you've lost the adaptability of a of an ever changing environment and market.
0: Yeah, to that point though. Do you believe that, you know, and that's an interesting point, does the mentor have to be someone from within the industry or let's say you've, you've reached a, a senior level within your role, could it be another member of the C-suite?
1: Absolutely. Look, it depends what you're trying to get out of it. So if if your skill set is that you really want help, and I went through a phase of this sort of earlier on in my career where I wasn't good at talking at board or I wasn't good at, you know, presenting in that space, I'd get really nervous um, then a mentor that can help you with that, that will help you grow in your confidence. Sure, you can go off and do courses, but even pulling the board pack together and making sure you've really nailed that sort of thing, I think a mentor can help you in that space. Um, Or if it's specific to your industry, then obviously you're going to need someone that understands it. So I think it really comes down to the area that you're targeting.
0: Yeah. And it may even be the case that you don't just have one mentor. You have oh. someone in your space and someone who is, you know, maybe at the CEO level or the COO level. Or
1: Absolutely. I've had at points in, of time in my career, I've had two mentors. Um, and there was one who was a female who forever I will be grateful to, who taught me how to stay really calm. And she was amazing at controlling a room of people in a really difficult situation. And even if she had to deliver bad news, they still thanked her on the way out. And it was such a skill. Yeah. And I was saying to her, you have to teach me how to do that. Yeah. And she did. And that was something I will be forever grateful for because someone said to me the other day, you're always so calm. Yeah, I'm like that duck you see. You know, like gliding <laughs> on the outside, but underneath, there's the feet are going at a million miles an hour. Um, but I think that the manner in which you're presenting that is the manner in which people will receive. So, um, whether whether it's good news or bad news, you need to be able to contain yourself and stay measured. So,
0: what about people in senior roles that you know? possibly aren't mentoring juniors at the moment what in your opinion is the importance of finding people that you can mentor and what are the benefits that you get out of being a mentor why is it important
1: um I think it's a personal choice for me um I get a great deal out of watching them grow so if you are someone who really wants to see um, your investment coming to fruition so the time that you're investing in someone and how they grow and develop um, I think it, it's it's a, it's like watching a child grow up, really. Like it's it's the same outcome. If you can see someone grow so well um, and take your advice and actually apply it, then you get that reward in that space. I remember when I won one of my first awards, my mentor was the present and um, and actually had tears in their eyes. Yeah, so they could see how how it had paid off all the time that they'd invested in it. and it was fantastic. moment for us, both.
0: Yeah what would you consider to be the most important rule for mentoring and I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about you will know from your own experience that when you bring on team members within your team let's just say it's an executive assistant in order for them to be able to function effectively in their role, you need to give them permission to do their job, which means you need to give them permission to pull you up, interrupt you, talk to you about things and whatever it may be, and not get angry at them for doing their job. That's imperative to allowing them to be successful. As a mentor, what do you think is the most important rule of being a good mentor?
1: Being honest. Um for me i say to people very quickly um i can be direct but i'm always factual and i don't i'm not being direct to hurt you i'm just being direct to support you and it's a very different relationship to someone who's reporting to you it's not one in the same and i think that that people can confuse the two i think where i probably confuse the two myself is between mentoring and coaching i see them pretty much the same thing um, because I apply the same sort of coaching principles as if you're saying like you're in a sport, right? You're going to tell someone you need to, you know, cup your hands when you're swimming or kick it in with the right leg or whatever the case is that you will do in sport is the same principles that apply to mentoring is listen to them, but know that they need help and, and guide them from a removed position. Whereas I think people who report directly to you, you're doing more one-on-one with them every day and giving them feedback every day, sometimes twice a day, or working on a report with them. And there may be layers in that reporting structure that you also need to overlay. This is a direct, they're here for a purpose, and make sure that that purpose is defined. What is that individual trying to get out of this? What are they trying to achieve from this program?
0: Yeah. I imagine that one of the challenges of being a mentor, if you're not careful, is that it very easily becomes uh, a role in which people can just start bringing you all sorts of problems. Yeah. What are are some of the more common mistakes that you think people need to avoid when mentoring?
1: Um, Don't ever turn up with problems. If you have a problem, turn up with solutions that you want to talk through. Yep. The mentor is not there to resolve the issue for you, they there to help guide you through the solutions to work out the best options in those and to actually, as I said before, like play a bit of a devil's advocate what about this and have you considered that, rather than just expect them to have the answers for you. That's, that's not what a mentoring relationship is. Different to in a reporting relationship where, you, you know, nine times out of ten I'm the one that makes the decision.
0: Yep. Do you think it's easy for a mentor to fall into the trap of believing that seniority equals superiority and getting, um, getting tricked into not letting people who they're mentoring question them about, well, why is this the right way to do it or why should I do it this way as opposed to, look, this is what I've said, just do it?
1: Um, I would hope that if you're mentoring, you're not like that. Yeah. Um, but if you are, then you need to really reflect on your own actions there you're there to guide and assist not to I mean they they can make the decision themselves yeah that's what this is not a a teacher situation
0: yeah I know that we're sort of getting towards the end of our time so you know as a, a final question if I am someone in the security industry who's looking for a mentor how might I begin that process
1: um, well, a lot of the organisations like ASIL, um, cetera, have mentor programs that you can apply through and um, at least people have registered to be mentors on that space. Uh, so they're already willing and open. Or if there's someone in the industry that you've seen or you're interested to talk to about being uh, mentored by them, reach out to them. That's what I did, yeah.
0: Yeah. Even within your own organisation, if there's someone you, you feel could be mentored, how do you begin that conversation? Is it just a matter of sort of making a time to have a coffee with them or sending them an email? How do you start?
1: Yeah, both. It depends on the individual, if they're in your organisation, et cetera. Reach out to them, say, I've seen you present or I'm interested in, in being developed in this space and I think it would be really great to help mentor me. As I said, it's depending on what it is you want to get out of it, um, and I'd really like to discuss it with you if that's not, if there's an opportunity for that to occur.
0: Yeah. As the person approaching the mentor, how do I ensure that I'm not wasting their time in that relationship?
1: I'm with a defined program of what you want to achieve. Have it all written down. Don't just make it up on, as you go. Here is where I really would like some support in developing. Here is where I really want to improve. Here is my problem. Um, And this is where I think you may be able to assist me.
0: Yeah. Be really clear. And do you think it's important also the other way around as the person who is being approached to be a mentor, quiz the person approaching you and and have a very clear understanding of what they're looking for so you know whether or not you can actually achieve that?
1: Um, The last time I was approached, I actually said to someone, why did you choose me? What is it about me that you think I can help you with? Forget my title. Forget my experience what is it about me that you think I could help you with? Um, And basically the way, the strategic problem solving that you do. I was like, great. Okay. That does match what you're trying to achieve. And yeah, I think I could be the right person to help you. So I think it needs to be a two-way street because otherwise it could be never ending and ongoing and never really resolve anything. If you're not really clear about the defined piece that you're doing.
0: Fantastic. Marie, if people want to find you, how do they get in contact with you?
1: I'm on LinkedIn. They'll find
0: me on there. Fantastic. Well, look, thank you very much for your time. It's been wonderful chatting to you, and I look forward to speaking to you again in the future.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, if you've enjoyed this podcast, there are plenty more like this one in the ASIAL Security Insider series. You can find them on uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Blurberry, Uh, the Google Play Store and all the other great places that you can find amazing podcasts. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode. Have a great day.